Welcome to the Millennial Joe podcast, where we discuss grief, trauma, loss, joy, victory, and healing based very matter-of-factly on my life. Today's episode, we are talking to Aaron, and we are talking about the loss of identity. And um, I'm so excited for today's episode because there's so much information that we get to share with you all. But first, let's let's talk to Aaron. So how are you, Aaron? Hi. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. A little I'm nervous, excited, but excited for you to be here. So tell us a little uh, bit about you. So I moved to Pennsylvania around 2016. I am a single mom of three. I work full-time at a place called Spartronics, which builds computer boards for the military and um, medical fields. And uh, yeah, I'm just focusing on trying to better the life of myself and my three children. Yes, the three little humans. Okay? <laughs> I always think that is so cool, like talking to moms who are like making things happen and like running their lives and running their kids' lives. It's just absolutely amazing. Call like women are super human. They are, you know. That. Wine helps a lot. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Absolutely love it. So as I mentioned on today's episode, we are talking about the loss of identity. And for me, y'all, growing up and being the like poster child of my family, going through everything that I've gone through really had me like reconsidering who I was. Um, You know, society tells us that there's a list of things that as women we're supposed to do. And, you know, as African-American women, we're taught that, like, there's a whole bunch of other things that we have to do of, like, being 10 times better and two times this and 100 times that and all of the stuff that they say to us that, like, shapes our identity when we grow up. And I was literally the girl who um, did everything that I was supposed to, according to what society said. I, you know, got great grades in high school. I went to a good college. I got great grades in college. You know, I got the job out of college. I met the man. We got married. We got pregnant. And then, like, I lost the job, lost the baby, lost the man, like, lost it all. And I'm like, okay, where do I stand now? Like, who am I now? I literally did everything I was supposed to do. And then you're like, you have this idea of who you're supposed to be by a certain age and what you're supposed to have and what your life is supposed to look like. And when you follow the rules and do what you're supposed to do and it doesn't happen, what now? And for a long time, I was kind of like just wandering in a what now phase of my life on top of dealing with the grief and the trauma and everything else that came with it. And like just not knowing who I was and having to rebuild myself completely from the ground up. Like there's so many times I like cried out to God, like, okay, what's the plan? Like, where are we going? What are we doing? Because I have no direction. And it took um, literally me understanding that me not knowing is the best thing that could have actually happened for me, right? Because if I knew everything that was going to happen, I would have never even stepped up to the plate. 
right? If God would have told me you won't lose this, 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 and this, and this, and this just by following what you're supposed to do, I would have, listen, baby, I wouldn't have did half of the things I did and I would have been doing other things. And I'm just so grateful that in hindsight, I'm able to look back on it all and understand that that was never a life that I designed for myself anyway. It was a life that society designed for me. It was a life that looked good, you know, that 40 acres in a mule, white picket fence, what everyone thinks your life is supposed to be like. And I'm so grateful that I was able to not only go through what I went through, but also I'm in expectation for what's going to come to show people that even though I've been through that, I still end up with this in the end. And I think that that's like the most beautiful part of everything that we get to go through is like finding your way back to you is really just a realization that you're exactly where you're supposed to be. So with that being said, I want to transition over to Erin and have her share, you know, what, um, you know, loss of identity was like for her. And then, um, we'll get into you know tips and things of how we can combat this feeling because at some point in life we all feel this way and we want to make sure that we can do our part to help people not have to stay stuck as long as we were stuck um, and that you're able to keep going. It all started when I met the boy around late 2014 early 2015. This is about a year and a half after um, my divorce uh, so pretty fragile. Um, we were fabulous. We were fabulous. Uh, he took to the boys from the previous marriage as his own. Um, and he mentions that he wanted one of his own and he promised, you know, to be with me forever and everything was great. There was no red flags, no hesitation. Um, so we actually got pregnant very quickly. He asked me to get off of birth control. And not even a month later, we were blessed with a baby um, or pregnancy. I ended up miscarrying while performing on stage in 2015. I'm a hula dancer and it was a very traumatic experience. I didn't even tell my parents yet. They were watching my boys while I performed. So I had to make the phone call from the hospital bed. Hey, you had another grandchild, but you don't now. Um, it was pretty hard. My parents were just speechless. I mean, how could you not be? Um, he immediately wanted to try again, me being in a fragile state. Absolutely. Let's go. And ended up getting pregnant again, very quickly. I want to say it was about two weeks, three weeks afterwards. Um, two days after giving birth to a beautiful, healthy baby girl, uh, he wanted us to move to PA. He had gotten a job position and instead of allowing me to heal and let me meet him up, lead me up with him, uh, he, uh, he told us everything was going to be okay. We'll caravan up. It was a long trip. As soon as we hit the PA border, something shifted in the universe. I mean, it was not a good shift. Uh, Maybe later in that year, uh, he started this job. He didn't have a car, so he would use my car, but he wouldn't come home at night. Me being alone with three children and a new, you know, a newborn and two other babies, you know, I, I had nowhere to go. I had no family here. Uh, 
found out he was uh, being very, what is that word? Secretive and um, a distant. That's another uh, big red flag for me. We, like I said, we had no issues in Virginia. We were the couple. We had great communication skills, but all of a sudden he was just being very distant. Didn't come home from work at certain nights. I had no way to contact him. Um, he, he would turn off his phone. It led me to finding out that he was being um, unfaithful to me, uh, being alone with my family in Virginia, nobody here. I just took it in. Okay. I'm going to make this work. I'm going to make this work. What am I lacking? Maybe it's because I'm stressed out with the three kids. So that's what started first. And then that's when the manipulation, the gaslighting, the lies, uh, the holding and the withholding of finances from me. When I noticed that I would, uh, apply for jobs, which I got, I didn't keep them very long. He um, continuously called my jobs for like little things and in fear of getting fired, I quit to leave on good terms. Um, in around 2017 to 2019, that's when things got violent. He became a huge alcoholic on top of being uh, very standoffish. It was, it was a weird balance. Um, he ended up choking me out in front of my children, uh, to where it gave me, uh, a long-term disability with my eardrum. Uh, the only way I got away was from my declawed cat who came up and bit him and I was able to escape. And that was the first, um, big attack. Uh, cops were called, uh, they treated me like I was the one that was going crazy. They handed me a woman's center card and said, why are you acting erratic when he's calm inside with the kids? My neighbors who came to my rescue were like, do you not see this? You know, um, let it go. I did press charges. His mom was the ex-sheriff at the time. Very well known. So of course that didn't get very far. Um, the second time he got drunk and belligerent, I had to call his mom and dad again because he, you know, threatened me with a gun and shot at my feet outside. And again, cops were called slap on the wrist for him. Uh, things turned in 2019 when I went to Virginia for my best friend's wedding. And it was abruptly came to an end for me. Um, when I got numerous phone calls, uh, from neighbors and the cops and, whatnot that he was walking around with a gun and he left the kids alone and he's looking through windows. It was a whole ordeal. I still have no idea what happened to this day because immediately all I did was pack up and drove eight hours, tears in my eyes. Cause I don't know what happened. Um, uh, immediately got a PFA. Um, and that was actually my escape. So I still, to this day, haven't fully processed, uh, a lot of that. Um, I had, I was ordered by Women's Center to go to therapy and I went to two sessions, which helped. I just stopped going due to lack of insurance at the time. Um, she did diagnose me with CPTSD, which is complex post-traumatic stress disorder, uh, which is not uncommon for uh, people who experience domestic violence. Um, 
symptoms that I struggle with were anxiety, insomnia, depression. I get fidgety. Words are hard. Um, I, I get internal shakes, I call them. And uh, throughout that, I lost, I lost who I was. I, I, I'm no longer his girlfriend who it was amazing, you know, before coming to Pennsylvania. Like I saw, I saw the white picket fence. I saw the marriage. I saw happy three children. They called him dad. You know, I loved that. It was happy. He supported everything I wanted to do except or until I went to PA and he took me away from everything. And, uh, I just, I didn't know where to start. I tried to dabble in a bunch of different things. Um, had a fitness club, uh, or ran a nutrition club with my best friend, Laura. And, uh, there was no support with that either. It was really hard to do anything that brought joy to me. Um, I was at a standstill. So what am I supposed to do? Who am I? Am I the girl that just sits back and lets her significant other go around town? Everybody knew. Am I a laughing stock now? Oh, I'm that girl. You know, all of this stuff kept th going through my head. Um, I'm a mom. I love the title mom, but there's more to that. My kids were watching me just sit there. I was not mom anymore. I was basically a babysitter. And that's when I knew something, something had to change. And when 2019 happened, I was on full force. I didn't get to process. I just have to keep going. I have to just keep going. And uh, I took some steps and I'm slowly finding who I'm supposed to be, what my purpose is and who I actually am. And the person I was before is a huge people, was a huge people pleaser. I'm still a huge people pleaser, but I'm aware of it now. It's more of a defense mechanism. And uh, if it didn't happen the way it did, I don't think I would have realized my full potential. So. Wow. First of all, the one of the last things that you talked about is awareness and i think that is like the missing piece to a lot of people's healing it is because like once you're aware you can now do something about it absolutely right so there's some people was like you know you're doing this why do you keep doing it and they don't realize how huge of a step it is to get to the awareness piece so I love the fact that you can acknowledge that, you know, before I was a people pleaser and now I'm still a people pleaser, but now I know that I'm doing it. Mm -hmm. And when you know you're doing something, you can then figure out how to stop doing it. So I just want to commend you because thank that you. is absolutely amazing. And I thank you so, so much for, for sharing that. Thank you. It's, it's different. I, I don't really talk about it. And that's the biggest step with a lot of people going um, through grief, trauma, all that. It, it's hard to talk about something, especially when you haven't processed anything. Right. The life that we live is like, how can I? Because the moment something happens, something else is happening. Absolutely. So it's like, I can't even figure out what happened with that because I got to focus on this one. Absolutely. So yeah, I completely understand. I, I completely get it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so your three t 
tips? What are your three tips? So the number one that I have is remember what brought you joy. Even if you think about it at night or the morning meditation, what made you smile before everything has happened? Um, Get back to doing it. Even so I love to dance. It makes me happy. And I started doing a little bit more and a little bit more. And uh, I realized, no, maybe I'm outgrowing some of it. That's fine. But at least I tried it. I realized, hey, it made me happy back then. You just, it's a process. You just remember things that brought you joy back in the day. Try it out again. See if it still brings you joy. If not, hey, try something you haven't. Um, The second one would be just be quiet and listen, which is one of my hardest, my hardest. It's, it's the drive to work. Just stop, listen, signs are out there. Messages are being brought to me by the universe or God. And, uh, the only way I can receive these messages on my purpose and who I am is if I open myself up and the only way to open yourself up is just be still. Um, the third, I would say journal affirmations. Um, I know that sounds so cliche, but when you focus on joy and beauty around you and the things that you already have and the things that you've been through, you know, God, the universe, they send more joy and beauty to you that you can't even explain. You don't, it's not a coincidence. You know, it's, it was there for you to begin with. And again, it's to open yourself up journaling, at least words are, are powerful. They're freaking powerful. Hence affirmations. And I was so, so skeptical, skeptical about affirmations. It just does something to you. And, uh, it's gotten me through a lot. I have whiteboards everywhere. I write it on my mirror. If I'm feeling down, my kids do affirmations before school when they're feeling a little nervous about something. Uh, words are powerful and it's gotten me to where I am now. Journaling, I do a burn pit and uh, I'll write some pap- some things down on a paper that no longer serve me. My negative feelings, I hate this, I'm this and blah, blah, blah. I bundle that up and I burn it. My friends are out there by the fire pit. We have a glass of wine and we just burn our negative thoughts. And again, sounds ridiculous, but girl, it feels so good. I'm sure it feels so good. So those would be my things that I would recommend to try to get back to finding your identity because you know, you more than anyone else. And you just have to really do some dirty work within yourself to pull it back out again. That is absolutely amazing. I feel like that was like my biggest piece of like finding me again too, was just like reconnecting to those things that made me happy before. So like I was like doing puzzles and coloring and now all the time you'll hear me all over social media singing because like that's really just what makes me happy. And if in the moment I need something to boost myself to make me feel like me, trust and believe I'm going to burst out in song. So like, I I love that that's what you suggested because it's really something that I take on every single day. And um, I always tell my friends and family, if you don't hear me singing, that means I'm not well. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So 
to like check in with me if it's been days and I haven't posted something on my story singing like shoot me a DM like <laughs> hey are you okay like what's going on Absolutely. but it's real and it, and it really does help you connect with you know who you truly are it really is and I've I figured you know remembering what brought me joy I was struggling with that so I know exercise was great. So I became a certified personal trainer and then I loved the whole affirmations and journaling. And that led me to Reiki healing. And now I'm a level one Reiki healer. And it's just, it sounds selfish, but I did it for myself, you know, and it's, it's incredible to say, Hey, I did that. That makes me happy. Now on to the next. Right. And you know what? Sometimes you got to heal yourself before you can heal others. Absolutely. So I love that you did it for yourself. I love that you did it for yourself. Thank you. Because being selfish is so necessary sometimes. Oh, absolutely. 100%. It's a tough lesson to learn though for a lot. Yes, it is. (laughs) Especially for people pleasers. (laughs) It is. We have reached the point in the show where we have our two minute mouthful where I answer a question that is submitted by the fans in two minutes or less to be able to give y'all some real actual tips on how to go about your healing. Today's question is fairly simple and the question is what do you do on the days where you just don't feel like going and man that is a heavy question because as someone who experienced very deep depression my answer to that question is you simply sit in it now this is my answer again I'm not a professional I'm not a clinician I'm not a therapist none of that but for me I just sat in it I allowed myself to feel because a lot of times people bury emotions And then they continue going. And then at some point, it explodes. So for me, I allowed myself to feel the emotions. When I was happy, I was happy. When I was sad, I was sad. When I wasn't in a mood, I wasn't in a mood. And I just allowed myself to go through it. Because a lot of times, you'll try and go around it or go over it or go under it. And literally, (laughs) the only way to heal is to go through. So my tip for you on the days that you don't feel like it is just simply don't feel like it but also make a commitment to not stay there and do something different so that you can have something different and that you can actually start working on your healing until next time on the millennial joe podcast